Hello and welcome to the Sedgwick County ZooCast, where we are inspiring respect and conservation for wildlife and wild places through caring, connecting, and conserving. I'm your host, Emily Bishop, and today on the ZooCast, we'll be sitting down with the zookeeper Jody Centel to talk about the red panda. Keep listening to learn what crepuscular means, how the Sedgwick County Zoo helps our animals stay cool in the summer sun, and the ingredients for panda mash. Thank you so much for joining us today on the ZooCast. Um, sure. If to get started, you could just introduce yourself, talk about um, who you are and what it is you do here at the Sedgwick County Zoo. My name is Jody, and um, I'm one of the keepers in the Slauson family Asian Big Cat Trick. I take care of the animals' daily needs. Um, each day we go in and we'll take care of the exhibits. We do any cleaning. We do inspections to make sure that they're safe. We'll provide enrichment and obviously food for the animals. Um, we're going to do um, just a kind of a brief check-in with the animals first thing in the morning and make sure everyone is um, you know, healthy and doing well. And then we'll get them on exhibit for the day. After we get done with that morning routine and get animals on exhibit, um, we'll move on to other things. We may do training. We might do, um, you know, extra enrichment or building enrichment items for another day. Um, sometimes we're doing um, public interactions um, or things like this podcast. And then after that, uh, we in our in the afternoon we go around and we have another round of checks on the animals. And some of them have PM diets. And we'll get them all set up for the evening, and, and that's pretty much our day in a nutshell. Um, so when you're working on training with the animals, what all does that entail? Um, we have different goals for different animals. Today, for instance, I was working on blood draw training with the uh, Amur leopards and snow leopards. So um, we've been working towards this. It's been a, a goal for us, and um, we recently tried to do a voluntary blood draw with them and um, we got very close but not quite there so our vets had asked that we shave um, a, a little bit lower down on the tail to access their tail in a different spot so that's what I did today was show shave that area just a little bit lower and then we'll try again here in a couple of days. Um, so how did you get started working with the red pandas? Um, I was actually one of the original keepers in the department when the Tiger Trek opened in 2009. So um, I happened to be in the right spot at the right time. For people listening at home who maybe aren't as familiar with red pandas, uh, what are they? Um, so red pandas are a small tree-dwelling mammal. They're slightly larger than a house cat. Uh, they're very furry. Um, as their name kind of depicts, they're reddish in color, kind of a reddish-orange. They have black on their bellies and white on their face and a big bushy tail. Um, people commonly think that they resemble like raccoons or sometimes we get fox. Like you said, it's not a raccoon. And although it has panda in its name, it's not related to them. It's not. Um, they are actually in a family all of their own, so they don't have any close relatives. Here at the Cedric County Zoo, we have two red pandas, Ravi and Sansari. Um, can you tell us about them? Sure. Um, Sansari, our female, she just turned seven on June 7th. If you're out there looking at the exhibit, um, you'll be able to tell her apart. She's got a much lighter face. 
Um, if anything is going on in the region or the keepers are out there, you'll probably also be able to tell her um, apart because she is a little more timid, um, a little less trusting. Um, she she does she still enjoys interacting with her keepers, but she's very aware of everything that's going on on around at all times. Um, she's probably the least active of the two. We've worked with her a lot over the years. Um, in the in the beginning, she anytime a keeper would go out into the exhibit, she'd just shoot up to the top of a tree. Um, and now she's usually down at the door waiting for us, wanting her breakfast. So um, she's come a long way. And then Ravi is the crowd favorite. He is the photogenic guy that everybody knows. Um, he's got the darker face of the two. He's very curious, he's very energetic, he's all over the place all the time. If keepers are out there, he's quote unquote helping with whatever they're doing. Um, so he's, um, he's the one that's got everybody's attention all the time. So how long have they been here at the zoo? Sansari's been here about six years. Um, she came to us from the Smithsonian Conservation Biology Institute based out of the National Zoo in Front Royal, Virginia. And Robbie's been here about three years. Um, he came to us from Oklahoma City Zoo. They both just had birthdays recently, mm -hmm. didn't they? They did. Yeah. Yeah. So how, I know you just said Sansari just turned seven. She turned seven on the seventh. On the seventh. Yeah. And then how old is Ravi? Ravi's three. Or yeah. no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Ravi's four. Oh, just <laughs> he, turned four. Yeah, he turned four on June 2nd. Our red pandas live at the Slauson family Asian big cat trek. But what does a red panda's habitat look like in the wild? Oh, well, the red pandas live in the eastern Himalayan mountains, uh, which is a temperate forest of coniferous trees and thick bamboo. And they'll live in the higher elevations between like 5,000 and 13,000 feet. Um, and then uh, red pandas actually migrate vertically as the temperature um, rises and falls. So in the colder months, they'll move lower down the mountains. And in the um, warmer months, they'll move higher to stay cool. So in the wild, uh, what ecological niche are red pandas filling? Well, being both predator and prey, um, red pandas are an integral piece of maintaining the balance uh, and contributing to a healthy forest ecosystem. Um, you know, they, they, they primarily eat bamboo, but they do eat other, um, you know, like insects and small mammals and things like that. So, um, you know, they contribute in that way and keeping those populations regulated. And then they also supply, um, you know, food to larger carnivores. So. Why is their conservation important? So um, red pandas, being the charismatic little creatures that they are, have been identified as a flagship species. Because they are so charismatic, um, sometimes it's easy to put a cute little face um, so that projects can gain traction easier. Um, and essentially what that means is they put that cute little face on this really important message um, and the things that we do to benefit the red pandas will also benefit many other species and the forests in the region. Um, so that is that is the critical role that they're playing um, and anything that we do to help them helps everything and, and everyone over there. Yeah. Can you explain what a flagship species is? Um, the flagship species is, is just that, um, you know, conservationists will identify, um, you know, a species that you know, either has like a cultural value 
or is really charismatic or, um, you know, just something that stands out um, that they can use to drive their message to get people's attention and to get them to care. So if listeners at home wanted to help with red panda conservation or conservation um, in general, what could they do? Well, they can always support their local zoo. (laughs) Um, We also have a really fantastic website out there, the redpandanetwork.org. They're a fantastic conservation organization. Um, Their website has a lot of information about red pandas and the work that they're doing to help them and the you know people in the region as well as the forests um there's a lot of fun activities on there whether you're looking for a coloring page for your kid or wanting to teach a classroom or wanting to put on a program at the zoo like there's there's resources for all of that on there um there are options to adopt a red panda there are options to donate and support their conservation efforts Um, And they even offer eco trips where you can participate in in guided trips into the mountains with the red pandas to learn, you know, about them and their environment in person. We'll be back in a moment to learn more about red pandas. But first, let's hear about upcoming events at the zoo. Cox Communications presents Twilight Tuesdays at the zoo. Every Tuesday in July, the zoo stays open an additional three and a half hours. Beat the heat and enjoy $3 admission all day, from 9 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Plus, enjoy an evening concert starting at 5.30. Additional information can be found at scz.org. July 4th, 11th, 18th, and 25th. Come enjoy Twilight Tuesdays at the Sedgwick County Zoo. The great thing about the Sedgwick County Zoo is that it's not just a place with a passion for conservation and education. We also have a passion for community. It's a great place to socialize. So the Sedgwick County ZooCast team took to the streets to ask visitors what they thought about red pandas. They're really cute. They are my favorite animal to come to the zoo and I like that you guys put them on Instagram to get to see them ever so often, so keep that up. I thought they were really cute. I find it interesting that they're not, like they look like a raccoon and they're called red pandas, but they're related to neither. Because they're red. That they're red and they're cool. They are very cute. I love seeing them. They're one of my favorite animals here. They're adorable and they look so fuzzy. I like that the red pandas live up in trees and that that's a good defense to stay away from things that will eat them really cute and they are good at blending in with their homeland. Red pandas are really awesome and I think they're the best at the zoo. Now we have some questions from the audience. These questions were all submitted to us through our Instagram at Sedgwick County Zoo. At H to the Illery asks, do they get along with other animals or do they prefer to stay within their own groups? Red pandas are solitary by nature, so they don't even particularly care to be with each other. <laughs> they would, most of the time, would rather do their own thing in their own area. 
Um, that's one of our challenges with our exhibit is that we do have two animals on one exhibit. They do not have an indoor space. Um, so we have to make sure that we provide um, plenty of opportunities for food and water and shelter and all the necessities in more than one place so that they can avoid each other if they don't feel like being together. Uh, at Bella Nicole Way asks, what do they eat? Well, pandas in the wild, 95 to 98% of their diet is bamboo. Um, they don't get quite that much here. <laughs> So um, we do give them free choice bamboo. They can eat as much of it as they want. We always make sure that they have some. We also give them a leaf eater biscuit in place of um, bamboo. So that's a, a nutritionally complete biscuit. And then we have uh, apples, grapes, and bananas that we will use for training treats. And then what we found that they really, really love um, and what we use when we were breaking out the big guns for training is um, something that we make in-house and it's actually kind of just a combination of all of that. It's the leaf eater biscuits, apples, grapes, bananas, and a little bit of honey all mixed together and we call it panda mash and they just go bananas for it. I just it. love it. <laughs> <laughs> At lovely underscore fiasco 92 wants to know do they mate for life? They don't. Um, they will take the opportunity when they get it and um, they have a very short breeding window um, during it just it's like january to um, somewhere in march i think um, and they cycle for you know a couple of days and then they're done that's it for the year so um, if they're around each other at that given time then that is when they'll breed and if next year they're around somebody else they'll probably take the opportunity there uh, at Brianna.raya asks, what is their expected lifespan? Uh, so red pandas can live most commonly 12 to 14 years. They can live up to 23 years. That's very rare. Uh, what we've seen in zoos um, is for some reason or another, they have a hard time getting over the age of 11. A lot of the population seems to die right around 11. But once they make it past that, they can make it many more years. Um, at Maddie Laid asks, why did I see one pacing along the fence? That is a very good question. Um, we have been trying to figure that out ourselves. Um, Mr. Ravi has done that since he came in here. Um, and we've tried to identify um, several different factors. You know, we've come up with different theories about, you know, is it that you know, he's getting excited because the keepers are going to be coming soon. Is it that he's wanting the bamboo that's over there, uh, you know, just on the outside of the fence? Um, you know, is there, you know, sometimes we've seen traces of other animals on the outside of the exhibit. Like, is he anxious and, and about something else going on over there? Um, so we've actually, between keepers watching them, um, having volunteers watching and doing behavioral observations, and having our behaviorist um, watching and doing observations, we're still working on trying to identify exactly why he's doing that and um, if we need to change something for him. At Mr. Pat Pat 88 asks, are they nocturnal? So red pandas are actually crepuscular, which means that they are more active at dawn and dusk. At Anna Marbles wants to know what's their bedtime routine. 
<laughs> you know, I'm not around for their bedtime routine. Uh, I, I usually clock out promptly at four. And um, after that, what they do is on them. So I, I couldn't tell you. My, my guess is that they climb up into the trees and find themselves a cozy little nook and call it a night. I know that's what they do during the day a lot. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah same thing, same thing. Um, at Mama Cloud 88 wants to know, will we be breeding them? Uh, we actually did try breeding them this year. We finally got a recommendation from the SSP that gave us permission to try and breed them. Um, however, Ravi, well, actually both of them are first timers. So um, we're lacking a little bit of experience. And also um, we did not have a breeding recommendation with the pair for the first couple of years that we had them here together. So um, we did implant um, Sunsari um, with the contraceptive at one point, um, and it has been removed, but those implants sometimes can have lingering effects. So we're not quite sure whether it was technique, experience, or just some lasting effects from the contraceptive, uh, but it, it's not looking like this year is gonna be our year. Uh, so as long as the SSP doesn't change their mind on us, we'll try again next year. Technically, we are still in her Sansari's um, projected due date window if they were successful. Um, so it's not completely off the charts that you know it could be possible. But we're just waiting to see. We've we've done a lot of training with her so that we can you know feel her belly um, and be able to you know feel for changes. Um, like teat development or just, you know, her belly getting taut from, you know, carrying. But um, I have not seen anything that suggests that she's pregnant at this time. Um, and can you explain what the SSP is? So um, the SSP is the Species Survival Program. And for um, a lot of the endangered animals that we house in the zoo, uh, we work with the SSPs because they help manage the populations among all of the AZA accredited zoos. Um, so what they do is they go in and look at the animals genetically um, and make breeding pairings based off of what is best for genetics. Finally, at SoFi Art wants to know just how are Ravi and Sansari? <laughs> they're fantastic. Um, they're doing very well. We're getting to the time of year that they're getting a little bit warm. They don't really like it much over 80 degrees. So we'll start. We've already kicked on the air conditioner for them. And, um, you know, when it starts getting warmer, we'll start taking out their, um, I don't know if you guys have ever been around and seen their ice trays out with them, but they just love draping over a big block of ice. So we'll start doing that for them soon. But they're just uh, keeping on, keeping on right now. Before Jody and I finish our conversation about red pandas, let's hear how you can help with their conservation and care. If you've enjoyed learning all about red pandas in today's episode, consider adopting one and becoming a Zoo Pal. Starting at just $25 as a Zoo Pal, your donation goes directly towards the care of Sedgwick County Zoo animals. We also have some great perks for Zoo Pals, including recognition in the zoo, a certificate of adoption, a plush animal, and more. Adopt a red panda and become a Zoo Pal today. Just visit scz.org for more information.
As an ending note, I just have a few more questions. I was wondering, what is your favorite thing about the red panda? You know, as one of the animals that we actually get to share space with, that is obviously unique. Um, And that's always nice, you know. Sometimes having to maintain a distance, even though you work with these animals all day, every day, and, and you feel close to them, you know, it's not like your cat or dog at home that you can you can snuggle up to or give pets or things like that. So it's nice to have an animal that you can share space with, you can interact with on that level. Granted, Robbins and Sari um, are definitely not pets. They do not like snuggles. They don't like pets. But it's cool to still be able to sit down with them, you know, feed them a few grapes and have that interaction. And then this might be, you might be like, it's the same thing, but... Uh... If it was different, uh, what is your favorite part of getting to work with them? Yeah, I think that my favorite part is probably just, you know, getting to learn each individual personality, you know, with the red pandas and the tigers and the leopards, you know, each animal has their own unique traits um, and figuring out, you know, what those are, how to work with them, um, you know, sometimes it's just fun, quirky little things. Um, and other times it's preferences and it's, um, you know, learning how they learn. And it's just, it's really cool to be a part of that and, and to feel like, you know, you know the animals and you know how to work with them. Um, and you can make, you know, educated decisions on how to do things best for them. And then to see that, you know, when you get that reward, um, that like you got it right, you know, and you see them thrive. Um, that's really rewarding. Yeah, I bet. So those are all the questions that I have. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to speak on? Mm. Well, if I was going to put a PSA out there for red pandas, I would say look up. (laughs) Anytime you're around that exhibit and you don't see the red pandas and you don't see a sign that they're not there, look up. (laughs) Um, We hear all the time that, uh, you know, people are like, oh, I never see them or they're never out. And we're like, the red pandas only have that exhibit. They do not have an indoor space. So unless there is signage saying that they are not out there, they're there somewhere. The only place that they can be on that exhibit that you cannot see them is in their little nest box. Um, and only one of them goes in there at a time. So they're there. Um, many times they're at the very tip top of the trees. Um, and people just walk right past them and never see them. So um, I think a lot of people get bummed. They come and they want to see the pandas because that's their favorite. And then, they, and then they don't see them and they just think that they're not there. So um, it's always like, hey, no, like your perfect opportunity is sitting right here. Just look a little bit harder, you know. Um, outside of that, I think one of the most intriguing things that I, I find, I find it kind of hilarious, um, is that the red pandas, when they climb down the trees, they climb straight down head first. (laughs) And it's, it's pretty funny to watch. Um, you know, they kind of use their back feet as like little anchors and just kind of attach into the tree and scale down. It's, it's fun to watch. (laughs) I have to, I have to keep a look. Uh, look out for that next time I'm there just kind of yeah sometimes you know, sometimes if you can catch them being really active like Robbie gets kind of acrobatic acrobatic out there he'll he'll be running and then I'm not even kidding you I've seen him go from the top of a platform you know on all fours upright and in vertical 
around the edge and then like hang from his back feet and then touch the ground with his front <laughs> feet and then come down that way. So they're pretty entertaining when they're when they're up and going, but it's it's few and far between that you catch that that moment. Thanks for listening to the Sedgwick County Zoocast. We'd like to give a special thank you to Jody Centel for sitting down and talking with us about red pandas. Thank you to Jenica King, our Director of Marketing and Communication, Chelsea Schartz, our Digital Content Manager, Steve Onkin, our Chief Development Officer, and Scott Newland, our President and CEO. And a special thank you to our Zoom members, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you're interested in becoming a Zoom member, visit scz.org forward slash membership. This episode was researched, written, and produced by me, Emily Bishop. If you liked this episode, be sure to give us a follow so you never miss when we upload new ones. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Emily Bishop, and this has been the Sedgwick County ZooCast.